It is so great to belong to the Lord Jesus and have him just touch your heart. Um, in this service, we, we watched a, a music team uh, present to us an invitation. They had worked, have worked really, really hard to kind of make it easy for us to step across and just be uh, aware of and enwrapped in the arms of Jesus. And the team did a great job. And uh, I say this so often, and, and I, don't, I don't think I say it enough, we really do appreciate it. Uh, it it's costly time-wise. They have to rehearse. And uh, I appreciate it so much. When, when we begin to receive the, the enwrapping of the arms of the Lord, there is a, a thing that takes place that changes our whole deal. Now, there is a, a thought among us that we can just, uh, among some people, now, you need, to, you need to know that God's going to judge the earth and he's made it so you can be saved and you need to get Jesus in. And so you, you take Jesus and you give him a piece of your life. It's not a very large piece. Uh, I, want, I want Jesus to be my savior. And uh, if I have needs, if I'm in trouble in my marriage then I need him to heal that. If, I, if I'm broke, I need him to help me with finances. Um, if I'm ill, I need him to heal me. But in the meantime, I'm going to do my thing all week long. And if the royals and chiefs were really winning in a big way, that would be a big part of my week. But my need to be a winner is such that I have to find other things many times instead of my local sports teams. And that's a strain, too. If you, I don't know... I'm married to a person who prays for sports teams. And uh, if you do that, would you pray for my sports teams? Uh, I'm not, I don't, uh, like she does, but she, go for it. Now, here's what I'm trying to say. We have the Lord who has revealed himself. We know him as the creator of the universe. Jesus himself actually is, is described in John 1st chapter as the one who creates everything. And then in Ephesians, we read that he is the one that fills all things everywhere with himself. So, if I'm ill and need healing, or I'm, I'm uh, mad at my wife and I need some help in my marriage, or if if I'm broke and I need some extra money, there's always Jesus. And that's, that's a way a lot of people deal with the kingdom of God. And let me tell you, dear one, that God did not create us for us to, to give him a token of our week at 10 a.m. Sundays and a token of our money, 10%, etc. He wants to be 
with us, in us. He wants us to be with him, in him. He wants fellowship. Now, if you're as worthy as I am, it's like the first thing you said was, well, I'm not worthy. And if you take that one step further and say, well, but he still wants me to say, well, he's got poor taste. He wouldn't have picked me. That, you know, some of us understand that. Others of you have other problems. And, well, all of us have problems. And so what we, what we ask for when we begin to grasp, when we begin to get it, that God created us to be with him, to fellowship with him, And when it comes to the work of God, God intends for us to be his partners. That still messes with my mind. That God would say, there in Oklahoma and then then in North Texas in in the school, hey, you. And I'm going, who, who? And he says, you. And And finally, he just gets me by the collar and says, you. I want you to partner with me in the pastoral role. Now, I wanted it with all my heart. I'm not one of those that's, oh, the will of God is really tough. I wanted to be this or that. But God made me. Yeah, he made me uh, glad <laughs> when, he, when I finally got close enough to him that he could talk to me. And I sensed that that's what he wanted. Now, I'm a partner to, to participate in strengthening you and strengthening you to strengthen others and on down the line, I, get to, I, have, I have had the opportunity to serve in so many different roles. It is, it is amazing. And I still have that feeling every once in a while. You were scraping the bottom of the barrel or you've got poor taste or something or you wouldn't have picked me. But that's just, that's just lousy theology. In the first place, I'm not any worse than you. I've come to realize that. I may not even be as bad as you are. I hope that insults you, but if it didn't, well, I'll try, I'll try again later. But uh, the thing is, the worth has nothing to do with anything. That's what Jesus is about. So we get these great big long arms. Now, if you're unworthy like I, guilt-ridden, but you fear God, then you think these long arms of God have this great big fist. Now, my fist is just average size. It's not large. I wish I had a fist. We used to have a missionary that came here by the name of Mackish. And I think his fist, he was about six foot six, and bigger than the door. And I think his fist was probably as big as my head. One time he'd, he'd come in and reel off all these Polak jokes because he was Polish. And his favorite one, and I've told you this before, but you're fixing to get it again. He'd, he'd told a few Polak jokes and then he said, you know what this is? And he holds up this big old thing and he says, that's a Polak joke stopper. <laughs> it's still funny, right? I love it too. Um, so when, when the Lord calls us into this and, and says, 
I want you, we may feel like his arm is reaching out to get us with this huge fist, like my Polish, my late Polish friend, so that if he can get us to be still, you know, we're moving because he might catch us if we don't move. If he can get us to be still, he'll go smash. And it's just a greasy spot. You've not had that feeling? Well, you act like it. I've had that feeling. When the Lord would speak to me about giving something, uh, if the Lord spoke to me about going to India, I would just grab my head and cry. I would just bawl and squall for a couple hours. And then I'd get my head up and I'd say, wait a minute. If the Lord has called me to go there, he's going to go ahead of me. I'm going to be okay. There are huge challenges. If you got these people started telling you their stories, uh, there's a shadow side to this cloud. It's not all silver lining, but, but it's true in the States. It's true wherever you go. And they've got this incredible opening, and you talk about not running out of work. <laughs> uh, they don't have to worry about saturating the market just yet. Well, see, God's got his hand on these people, and he's got his hand on these people and, and this people. He is working to move us into this position of blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be frustrated, thirsty, hungry. No, this is not fasting. Fasting is legit. This is not fasting. You hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. Jesus said it, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6. You know where this is. This is one of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the thirsty for God, the hungry for God. Okay. Some of us have lived for God and, and been serious about it and worked for God longer than, than the Cunninghams and some of the rest of us have been on the earth. So what is, the, what, what is this? How do we keep this hot? How do we keep this hunger? How do we keep our spiritual stomach growling? How do you do that? Worship is a great way. That's one of the reasons why we place such an emphasis on worship. And I, I'm so proud of um, Jeremy and Kristen Wyatt and the work they're doing with, with our teens. And um, somehow the Lord has blessed them to be able to increase the hunger. It's like in a restaurant, appetizers, they'll fill you up. Those are not appetizers. So those are just different food that's usually really, really good, and you get it first. Uh, but somehow, the Lord, and it's no doubt partly your prayers along with theirs and their, their anointings, that the kid's spiritual stomach is growling. And their throat is parched, and they are drinking of the Lord, and it's been wonderful to watch this summer. 
has been a great summer. They've gone on these trips and they've come back and they've told stories. It's like, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear how these kids beat the tar out of you, did something awful to you or awful to each other. And forgive me, I'm being sarcastic. You know that. I love it. This, this business is, is great. The same thing is happening with our preteens. And it's happening in our old hearts. Sometimes things come along that, that make us hungrier, move toward the Lord. Um, some of us have read a book by Jonathan Kahn entitled The Harbinger. And we recommend that book to you. If you can't afford it, I'll tell somebody that's really hot with that book and they'll buy you one. If they can't, I will. It's a book that will cause you to say, hmm, time may be getting short. And uh, there are some other things that can be done along that line of moving us. But we need to be hungry and thirsty after righteousness. Righteousness in the usage here means right relationship with God. And if you wanted to simplify it, we, we need to be hungry and thirsty for God. To know him, to be with him, to work for him, to work with him. I am still impressed with this, this deal of, of being his fellow <coughs> worker. For we are fellow <coughs> laborers with God. It's his field. The next line of that scripture says, but we are shoulder to shoulder working in the field with God Almighty. That's just, I love that. And as we go forward in this, we have the privilege of introducing people to Jesus. When we talk about crown point is for lovers. People who love God and who love others. We are talking about the work of God in his field. Jesus in other places in scripture identified the earth is the field. And we are to be moving in among it. Now, some of you believe that our country is in horrible horrible shape and you are divided into two groups one of you thinks if we can just get four more years with the democrats we'll be saved and some of you think if we can just get four years with the republicans we'll be saved and you know what you're both dead wrong except that the country is in horrible shape except those that know jesus christ and it doesn't have to do with race it doesn't have to do with religion. It has to do with the power of God changing hearts. How is your neighbor? How is your kid? How is your parent or your sibling? I love to get into families uh, and just watch the dynamics. And some of them give me a lot of satisfaction. And some of them give me some extra prayer time. Because I care about what happens to you. So I have gotten into some uh, families recently that I did not, I was not into before. And it is the coolest thing. You know what? I found out they are real people. 
and they have real problems. And they are standing in prayer for this son or that sister or that brother-in-law or whatever. That's the work of God. How do we do that? Hunger and thirst after righteousness. The, the foundational requirement for all of our godly living is hunger and thirst for righteousness. Later in the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 6, verse 33, is this thing that we have quoted so much. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things. And it's talking about things. It's talking about material possessions like food, clothing, shelter will be given to you. Seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. His kingdom is where he is the ruler. We, we see this, this hunger in uh, Moses. He wanted to know God. Uh, he re- God revealed himself to, to Moses and the people got to see his acts. Do you see the difference there? The reason God revealed himself to Moses is because God was being bugged by Moses. God was getting no rest. I want to know you, God. This, the first song we sang in the, uh, the second set of worship songs today talked about knowing God more, drawing close to him, being in his presence. This is what we have to have. Um, the writer of the Psalms, the Apostle Paul, Paul said it like this. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so forth. Now, folks, we, we talk about the power of his resurrection. And we want to be able to, to uh, I grew up with a, with a colloquial term. I don't know whether you know what this means or not. You knuckle down and do something. Anybody ever hear that? We want to be able to knuckle down with God and get a physical healing or someone saved, whatever. That means just get really, really serious, kind of exclude other things and knuckle down. I don't know where that came from besides Texas. Um, So when we want the, the stuff, you, you hang around the Lord enough and you begin to get that hunger to know him. And Paul had hung around the Lord enough to say, I want to know Christ. I want to know him. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. And, you know, we want that power of the resurrection. We need it. Paul added in the fellowship of his sufferings. We haven't suffered much in this country. All, all of us have been frustrated and have had things said that were negative to us, been pushed back by this or that or, uh, circumstance or by some person. Uh, we don't know what suffering is. Please don't claim that as suffering. Our brothers and sisters around the world are suffering. We had dinner a year ago this month with the pastor and his wife and grown son of 
one of the large churches, AG churches, in uh, Baghdad. And uh, he spent time in prison. He knows a little bit about suffering. They have had 60 MDs from their congregation immigrate when the, U- when the U.S. went in there and, and kind of normalized things as far as some personal freedom. Those people who wanted to get out, many, many of them got out of Iraq. They're just, they're gone. They're scattered all over uh, the Middle East, uh, North and South America, Europe, because it was bad as far as religious freedom. And uh, it's getting worse. It's getting worse in Tehran, which is in Iran. And those people are suffering. In the northern part of India is some of the worst suffering of, of Christians uh, by the way, you remember the Hansons that were here? Uh, they're going to northern India to those unreached people groups. And did you, do you remember how excited they were? They're almost as excited as, as Richie. And they can die. Now, that kind of puts everything in a little different light. You remember that I came back from the World Assemblies of God conference when it was held in uh, Lisbon a few years ago. And I, I told you that the buzz among the U.S. delegates, that those of us from the U.S. there at that conference, was about the conversation that one of our ministers had had with one of the, one of the AG guys from Iran. And they were talking about doing the work of God, doing evangelism. And this, this Iranian says, um, we can do anything you can. We can have street meetings. We can have public meetings. We can have church services. We can pass out uh, Bibles. We can pass out tracts if we're willing to die. And you talk about getting your attention when, when that gets real, and you know these guys actually are facing that. You see, it's, it's a little different, the, the suffering that we have uh, in this country. Thank God, if you think I'm complaining, I'm not. I just want us to know that we need to get our eyes on Jesus. And if somebody hurts our feelings or uh, some one makes fun of our faith or something like that, it's like, I'll take that. Sign me up. If that's as bad as it's going to get, sign me up. I'm here. I'm in. Because I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to get beaten. Some of our Christians have been beaten to death. Northern Nigeria, where there is a great conflict about between... Uh, the radical Islamic forces and a freer society than that, some of the Christians have been beaten to death in recent weeks. Okay? So you're talking about, Pastor, you want me to hunger and thirst after the Lord, and you're talking to me about like this? Let me tell you something. The Lord is not impressed with the circumstances 
particularly. Now, he doesn't want his people to suffer, but it goes with it. Jesus suffered, and so he said, uh, the servant's not better than his master. If they did this to the master, they're going to do it to the servant. Here is, here is the thing. In the face of whatever we're looking at, if it's just them, whoever them is, if it is just they saying, oh, they're just whatever, they're not intellectual or they're radical or they're whatever. Whatever people call us in this culture at this time, please embrace that as saying, Lord, if there's any way I can get any credit for suffering out of this little deal, I'll take it. In the meantime, turn up the love in me. Turn up the power in me. I want to love you and I want to love people more than I have been. Take me up a level. I need to give you away. And hunger and thirst after righteousness. Because, dear ones, if, if the thesis of the book, The Harbinger, and other things that are coming forth that seem so credible to me, it looks like we're just about out of time. And you can pray for our nation because I certainly do. But that's not why we're here. We are here to turn hundreds and then thousands away from being lost and gather them up and take them to heaven with us. That's who we are and that's what we're about. And you vote, you be a good citizen, educate yourself. And if you vote wrong, I'll kill your vote. But that's okay. You see, that's not why we're here. We are here to love God and love others. We are here to be partners with the Lord. And he loves people so much that he gave his son for them. I love this. Man. By the way, you have needs? Seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. Will be added. One of our new converts uh, needed needed a job, and life is pretty complicated. You know, we can do that to ourselves. And uh, so, I've been praying with the family about this. And so, Wednesday night, he said, "Monday, I go to work. Told me where his his line of work, his field." And he needed an evening job so he could take care of the kids while mom was on the job in the daytime and they could save all that money. They're going to pray for their marriage because they're going to have to work to be together. But it's an evening job. So, I mean, that's just a huge, uh, a huge raise before he starts because he won't have to pay child care. Does God care about these things? I don't know. Seek his kingdom and righteousness first and see if he cares. Try it. If it's not true, we need to know it. Because I think it is and I've been telling people like you that this is true. Now here is what I want to say to us. I'm going I'm to spend some more time uh, on this hunger principle in the coming weeks. I want us 
to know that God is going to break through in healing. He heals us all the time. It's going to get larger. He is going to break through in saving lost people. People get saved all the time. It's going to grow. He is going to break through in marriages and parent-child things, uh, conflicts, more than he's been doing now, and we've already been blessed. It's going to get better. It's just going to grow. This is the will of God. God is not saying, get ready for my coming and do the best you can, and I'm out of here. No, no, you have never been wrapped up and loved and cared for and empowered by the Lord like it's going to be from now on. And some of us have started some things a a little while ago. Uh, A step forward in my life was to start praying in tongues one hour a day. And you remember the crazy evangelist that came and challenged us to do that. And uh, I knew once I started it, he challenged us to do it for 30 days. I thought, how do you quit that? So, so far, I haven't quit. Uh, Some of our people have started working in the word and getting more of God into their life through the word. Uh, One of our guys got a little bit of retirement time, and he just started reading the Bible and he just read it through and read it through and read it through. I think I, I cover it a lot. I just go through the Old Testament twice a year and the New Testament about five or six times. And he was doing that like in a month almost. Well, why? Because the Lord is getting us ready to get our stuff wound up. We were saved to do good works and he is wrapping it up. I believe. I believe it's time. Now, what does that mean? That means you're going to be empowered like you never have been. You're going to be able to forgive people that offend you in the church. That's, that's where we get hurt anyway. People in the world, it's like they're going to act like that. But if somebody that's supposed to be full of the Spirit hurts us, it's like, you know, we just go away. And in a decade or two, we'll forgive them, you know, if we can figure out just before the Lord comes. We're going to have more power to just say, you know what, that hurt like crazy. I think I'm going to forgive them. And we don't tell anybody. We don't go around building up a team to, to resist them. We just go and tell the Lord and say, you know what, I wanted, to, I wanted to take him out. But you didn't take me out when I sinned, Lord. So I'm not going to take him out. And if you come into me with strength, I'm going to forgive him. Oh, man, do you realize that you can get in a position where life cannot do anything to you, that the power of God cannot come in and help you forgive? Nothing. What are you going to be afraid of? What's going to take you out? What's going to make you uh, less spiritual? Nothing. Because of God, if we are willing to seek him, if we are willing to let the hunger thing just loose in us. And I, I want to hear that rumble in my stomach and feel that parch, that burn in my throat. 
hungering and thirsting to know the Lord, to be closer to him. I want to get these works wrapped up. You know, we go to heaven because of Jesus. Rewards there are because of our works here. Is, that's kind of an ultra simplification, but that's not far from the way it works. So, you get in, glory to God. Just give me a corner, a cabin in the corner of glory land. I never did like that song. That is the weirdest song I knew the late author of that song. He shouldn't have written that. That was bad. I want what Peter talked about, and it's called an abundant entrance. And I want us to go in hand in hand to an abundant entrance. And the power of God is available for you. The power of God is available. Let us pray. Father, would you by your spirit today draw us into a position of knowing, loving, serving.